Hello, everyone. I'm Gwinnett County District 2 Commissioner Ben Koo, and you're listening to Conversations with Koo. Our special guest for this episode is Gwinnett County's District 3 Commissioner, Jasper Watkins III. Welcome to Conversations with Koo. Thank you, sir. How are you doing this morning? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I'm doing well. And you? Just great. Fantastic. So, Jay, you're a husband, a father, a pharmacist, a decorated military veteran, and a county commissioner, just to name a few of your accomplishments. Do you mind sharing something about yourself that we may not already know? Well, thank you, uh, Ben. Some things people would know is that I was actually a West Point-bound grad until I went to Florida A&M University School of Pharmacy. There is actually, if you go to the School of Pharmacy, they have my bust. My likeness on the wall, based on some of the accomplishments I did, basically when I was in the military, little people know that I was part of the first clinical drug trials and actually tracking HIV type 1 and HIV type 2 in the 80s. Actually, the drug I was working on was an HIV type 1, and it's four groups in that, which was M, N, O, and P. And I worked with the drug company on M, which is, you know, notably major, but We typed, after we typed HIV, we worked on those particular drugs and started clinical trials. I was also instrumental in establishing the National Strategic Stockpile in 1999 for the nation and and, uh, with with the military group. I ran the anthrax program for the military as a pharmacist. Um, So I was instrumental in shipping anthrax all over the world. I actually was, wrote the logistics, medical logistics plan for SARS-CoV-2. Wow. And that was when that broke out as as well. And when I was the director of pharmacy for the state of Florida, I managed the H1N1 pandemic or epidemic that hit Florida and an instrumental of getting big box stores to hand out Tamiflu and established the HIV transitional program for individuals who were incarcerated that could no longer receive their HIV medication when they were released back into the general pop. I basically established a program where they could continue with the Department of Health and receive their medications so there would be no further infections or contamination of the group. So did quite a bit and among also with the 9-11 and being the um, the pharmacy assistance to the Surgeon General and working a lot on the Hill. So that's probably why that my bust is there, but did quite a bit as a, as a young soldier. Yeah, having all that experience was particularly useful for the Board of Commissioners, especially since you were elected during COVID. All that wealth of knowledge in helping us navigate COVID as a board was extremely beneficial. And I was an advocate runner as opposed to a golfer. So you can see the my marathon medals behind me hanging on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually. Well, I can see that, but this is going to be an yeah. audio-only <laughs> podcast, and our listeners can't yeah, see it. But I, no, they're they're beautiful medals up there. Yeah, and I even ran the um, Seoul Marathon hmm. when I was there in 2000. So it was an honor to. I wanted to do one on every continent, but I I missed three, so uh, I was I was close to it. Well, there's still time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you're on the verge of completing your first term as District 3 Commissioner. Can you share a few of your proudest moments in the role? I guess my best moments is an opportunity to work with you all. I mean, we came in together as a group of individuals, and I think we pulled together at a team during a crisis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's noteworthy because most individuals under pressure would not have the opportunity to get things done. And I think we did. And that was, that was a yeoman's job there. 
But um, some of my proudest moments would be our resolutions, the number of resolutions that we've passed uh, to help people. The studies that we've done, like the human needs assessment, Mm -hmm. study the equity action plan. Yeah. Uh, the operational performance assessment. I kind of brought that military thing back in where you cannot have a stellar organization if you can't point that finger back at yourself and say, hey, what are we doing? Yeah. Our UDO and trend and transportation plans, updating them based on what we heard from the community. I, I think we listened more than we act. In other words, we we measured twice and we cut once. Yeah. And I think that was it. But I think our proudest moment was approving the three market rate adjustments for our employees yeah, so that we could get them close to, um, to inflation. And uh, me having opportunity to move our veterans out of that building where yes. they were to the new area that they are now and putting them under health and human services uh, so that they could have access to budget in the coming years. We have to take care of them and our seniors and our young folks. So I think overall, we've been a stellar board in the fact that we've come together and had a common goal, and that is one team, like I always say. At all our strategic plannings, you always have a saying, and yeah, that one team was critical for unifying the board into a singular direction that first year that you were elected. And you're always reminding and encouraging our residents to be Big. Can you tell us uh, what it means to be B.I.G.? Yeah, to be B.I.G. It's not like the notorious B.I.G. <laughs> it, it's like believing when that. Yes. I think you have to believe in what you're doing. I tell people all the time, you don't have to. And I'm not really particular about you respecting me per se, but you respect the commission board. You respect the seat. It's the seat that you respect. Yeah. Because irregardless of who sits in that seat, it's that seat. That has that vote. And it's that vote that's going to make a difference. So basically, if you believe in Gwinnett, and if I continue to to say believe in Gwinnett, then basically when you talk to me, when you give me your ideas, your impressions, you will believe them. And it makes it easier for me to come in front of you all and, and relay that information when I know you believe in the same thing I believe in. That's that's the same thing that. Um, we do in the military when we go, Ooh, you know, we do our <laughs> shout. Um, or when you get with certain individuals in the military, like one that I was with, the we'll defend, this we'll defend. Hmm. These are things that become a, a common rally cry for a group of individuals to motivate them to go one place, and that is up. Uh, so BIG or believing when that to me is where we need to be presently. Coming into this environment, coming out of COVID, we got to believe in ourselves. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. At the time of this recording, Gwinnett County is recognizing and celebrating Black History Month. What does the celebration of Black history, specifically in Gwinnett County, mean to you? Well, what it does is it gives Gwinnettians an opportunity to learn about a people that they may not know. I think all the isms that we have in this world today are pretty much based on education. The less you know about something you think you don't like, the more often you are to shy away from it. And I think when we have Black History Month, it allows us to say, hey, you know, in this country, we had a contribution um, to it. And just like everyone else, and here's what we did. Mm -hmm. And, And I think it allows us, it allows individuals who look like us and also others to say, oh, 
okay, you all did this and we did this. And so that's why America is great. And I really look at it that way. And I think it came to me when I was a kid watching my father come home from Vietnam and going to the airport with my mother picking him up. I think I was like 10. And all of the racisms and all the other isms that I saw on television primarily were going against black and white. But that day, when my mother had my hand and we went to my father, there were people of all colors shouting at us, shouting at my dad with his uniform on. And I was like, I thought this was only those people that didn't like us. I see people like me that don't like us, that don't like my dad. And it took my dad about two days. Imagine him coming from Vietnam, trying to explain to me why people didn't like him. And it wasn't because of the color of his skin. And that had a profound effect on me on what history is about and what understanding and educating people about as opposed to just the color of your skin. Right. I think it is important that we all sit down and take a look at where this country has been in our history. And one of the things that we're doing in Gwinnett is we've got a display that's coming up. We've got a cultural presentation at the end of the month. And so I am looking forward to participating in that with everyone. Yeah. And then with me and my family and the folks that I know, Black history is not just a month to us. It's, it's 365 days a year. So exactly, I'm always telling my kids and my grandkids, whenever you confront someone, always give a little history. Sometimes that will kind of soften the blow if you let them know a little history about why or how come. And that way you can connect to a person easier. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always tell my grandkids, never agree to disagree. Always agree to agree. That's the best way because the person leaving you will have an understanding about you. So similarly, March is Women's History Month. And you are have said you are a self-proclaimed mama's boy. <laughs> mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> but other than your own mom, who are a few notable women that have inspired you? Well, I think all the matriarchs in, in my family, because uh, I was the first grandson. Mm. And I think that's why I'm such a mama's boy, <laughs> because both my grandmothers on both sides. And I was blessed to have both my great grandmothers um, that I was able to actually be around and know who they were. And I think that's it. You know, it, that my wife and my daughters, especially my sister. Uh, but some of the notable ones would be Amelia Robinson. I think a lot of people didn't know that she was instrumental in 1965 um, orchestrating the Selma March. Hmm. You have Claudette Colvin. Um, she was actually the first person that didn't give up her seat. It wasn't Rosa Parks. It was her. And she was 15 years old. And basically, the movement felt that Miss Parks would be a better fit, I guess, whatever. But it was Amelia Robinson. Hmm. Dr. Mae Johnson, who I met, the first Black astronaut, she was very instrumental. I met her during my career. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this one because my sister would get me, and that would be Miss Mahoney, uh, Mary Mahoney. She was the first licensed Black nurse oh. in, in the United States. And my sister's a nurse practitioner, so I knew she would get me if I didn't do that one. And <laughs> and I guess most notably to me, to my heart, is the women of the 688 Central Postal Directory Battalion. They were affectionately called the 6888. Um, basically, they were sent in World War II to clear up a two-year black backlog of mail 
going out mm-hmm. to our men in World War II. And there's actually going to be a movie about them, I think, coming up here. So you'll get an opportunity to see this all-Black female battalion that went in World War II and cleaned up a male mess in World War II. So, you know, I'm kind of like off the beaten path with my with with the women who in, inspired me um, at that point. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, those are all very important examples. So switching gears a little bit, you and I just got back from the National Association of Counties Conference. This was an amazing conference for me as they talked a lot about artificial intelligence, which was my major in college. Would you like to share with our listeners some of your takeaways from the conference? Yeah, great. You know, I put a lot of this, my post on the Facebook about it, but I think to me, I'm, I was part of the Health Policy Steering Committee, and we had a number of policies that we were pushing through where what basically what we were doing was redefining the healthcare innovations, looking for equitable healthcare solutions, looking at crucial mental health services. Actually had an opportunity to do have a lot of veterans affair proposals that dealt with our veterans and, and the way they were treated. And primarily this whole grouping together of us, our purpose was to build a future-proof healthcare system that would prioritize both the physical and mental well-being. And I felt that this would be something to bring back to Gwinnett and being part of the Health Policy Steering Committee, you know. And then we listened to the president. We had an opportunity to hear how he felt about a number of things, mm-hmm. which I thought was instrumental, especially when it talked about community growth. And then had an opportunity to meet Representative David Scott on Tuesday, went into his office, had an opportunity to chat with him about Gwinnett County in general and District 3 specifically and offers him some insight. And before that, had that opportunity to go to that, the large federal agency expo. Yeah, that was good. I was able to get in front of that expo and get Gwinnett name mentioned with the SBA, the EDA, HRSA, Veterans Affairs, HUD, and actually Treasury. So, you know, I was going around with the Gwinnett County pom-pom saying, <laughs> we need money. We want some. <laughs> we want you. And several <laughs> of them were saying, hey, we've got money earmarked for you here. You just need yes. to get it. You just need to apply yes. for it. So <laughs> we're bringing a lot more dollars to Gwinnett County. So thank you for, yes, sir. for helping. Yes, sir. That. Exactly. And I think it was it was great. That what what threw me though, Ben, was that snow, man, in the morning. <laughs> I know, right? It just like walk out the door and it's snowing. Snowing. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> I'm like, wow. I don't think I saw any snow last year. And so <laughs> no. kind of nice. And to at see that some. point, it was like, uh, not walking. No, nope, right. not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good trip. It's important for us to be on that national stage and, and really it is. collaborate it is. with our peer counties and with our federal agencies. And like you said, when we had our conversation, it was interesting to find out that we were not the big boys on the block there. <laughs> right. We, we tend to forget that um, when we're Georgia focused, but yeah. It, yeah. Some, I mean, we were not the big ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's got Cook County there. I met a lot of people, their IT director talking about how they're using artificial intelligence and doing cybersecurity. And so that there's a lot of great ideas that, that I came away with. Oh yeah, definitely. It was a very good good conference. It was. So lastly, what would a second term mean for you? Well, I, you know what, Ben, we're not through. I think the synergy that's going on right now in the direction in which we're going in Gwinnett County coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. I think it takes almost like a surgeon's hand. I mean, we have to be very 
careful on how we slice, dice, and and sew up things um, using medical acronyms. I think it's important that we don't stray the course. Mm-hmm. When we're looking at things like prioritizing county salaries, basing it with inflation. Yep. I'm looking at positive economic growth, looking at transit improvements. Yes. I think what's happening is if you bring someone else in that just looks like it, sounds like it, and want just power, we're looking at those growth, those advantages that we've done to all go away because someone's now put something else into the mix that they have no idea of what they're doing. And I think looking at improving mental health services, um, supporting transitioning veterans who have a lot of mental health issues, Mm -hmm. community renewal, all of those things are important. I mean, just the other day, I heard and got the call from Chief McClure. I spoke to him several months ago about e-commerce spots in Gwinnett County. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that conversation led to Now we have e-commerce spots around Gwinnett County where you can trade and and become young entrepreneurs without fear of being robbed. Yeah. I mean, that's an attraction on itself. And I think that takes the combined effort and synergy that we all bring, us, that we bring to the board. Yeah. And, And I think it's that stability that we have. And I guess people can argue with me and say, well, that happens with every organization. That happens in every time. But you know what, Ben? It never happened after COVID. There never was a COVID where the world stopped. Right. Things stopped. I mean, business as usual stopped. I mean, everything stopped. And now we're trying to kickstart an engine that was only used to one fuel. Mm -hmm. And I I know that I, I like to use acronyms and stories like that, but that's what it is. And right now we're trying to refuel this engine called Gwinnett County. Yeah. And and we don't need anybody coming in putting regular gas when we're using premiums. <laughs> and, 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 and it's working. It's working for us. And I just feel that we still have some things to do. I still have some things to do for Gwinnett County District 3. And with you all and in collaboration with the cities, I really feel that we can take this to the next level whereby Gwinnett County will be that shining beacon on the hill in Georgia. We, we can be that place where you want to come and everything is where it should be. Mm-hmm. That's why be big. Yeah. That's why you believe in Gwinnett. Believe in Gwinnett. And that's what I do. And one of the things I've learned coming into government is that some of the stuff, it just takes a while to figure out how to navigate the system and lay the groundwork and foundation for the projects and initiatives we're trying to build. And it may be several years before you actually see those come to fruition. So it is very satisfying to be able to kind of help shepherd that along through that transition. Oh, definitely. And I think one of the things that I was asked, Ben, when I first took this office, and it's probably why they don't talk to me that much now, they said, what is the first thing you're going to do, Commissioner Watkins? What do you want to do now that you're a county commissioner? You know what I said? I said, I want to bring trust back to the board of commissioners. Yeah. I want our employees to understand that they don't work for us. They work with us. We are one team. Yes. I, there's anything else you want to do? I'm like, well, I can't do anything if I don't have the team behind me. And I said, and now we're starting to get the team behind us. People now like coming to work. They like looking at things to do. They take sometimes the things we talk about and they make them bigger. 
Jay, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Do you want to share your Facebook page and contact information? Yeah, sure, Ben. You all can follow me on facebook.com slash jwatkinsd3. Great. And my email address is jasper.watkins at gwinnettcounty.com. And I can be reached at 770-822-7003. Fantastic. Thanks again so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. I want to thank our wonderful staff for helping to write, edit, produce, and promote this podcast. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover or someone you'd like me to interview, I'd love to hear from you. So please email me at ben.coo at gwinnettcounty.com. That's ben.coo at gwinnettcounty.com for all your district needs. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay vibrantly connected, and we'll talk to you soon.